0: hello and welcome to the monday night uh, bundesliga show review edition and as you can see uh, for the second week in a row we've got peter weiss with us uh, over from the usa how's it going over there peter
1: uh, it's going well and it's a pleasure to be talking football with you uh, for the second consecutive week looking forward to it
0: yeah definitely back by popular demand really our show did really well in terms of views last week so yeah we're happy to have you back again as you can see rory isn't available this week because he's at a wedding today but yeah we will enjoy talking about the games that happened this weekend another brilliant weekend of football as well wasn't it I mean just seems as though with the Bundesliga every single week there's amazing games you know and that's one of the things we love about the league you know attacking football goals incident pretty much every single match every week really isn't it and this weekend was no different but yeah, I think probably the best place to start really uh, this weekend was probably the well, it's got to be one of the games of the season really in terms of incident, hasn't it? It's got to be the game that happened over in uh, the south of Bavaria between FC Augsburg and RB Leipzig. Obviously the game finished 3 all, but I mean <laughs> FC Augsburg will just be wondering how they didn't win this game. You know, Obviously they, they took a 3-0 lead in the match through goals from Berisha, Demirovic and Vargas. Then obviously the big talking point of the match was that clueless red card from Iago really wasn't it I mean you can't be doing that when you're 3-0 up against a team like RB Leipzig he got a second yellow in the space of just a minute basically he got the red card and then Peter um, I mean Leipzig managed to fight back didn't they? but what did you make of this game and do you think uh, Augsburg should be furious with Iago there Uh, you know that's a that's a great question because
1: um, and I'd like I'd be interested to get your take on it as well I mean the lunge that Iago uh, made at, at uh, Zaba Schlager, that was just completely unacceptable. I mean it looked like he was lunging at him with a, ste- you know, with a steak knife. There was, very, very, <laughs> there, was, there was little contact. I mean there was little contact, and Schlager did embellish it. So a little bit of the Italian clever play from uh, the uh, Leipzig Austrian there, and that of course turned the match on its head. Uh, now Augsburg, you know they had, they had done really well. Uh, Getting goals on set pieces. We can talk about Nyack and Babisha again, who scored from the spot and set up two. Uh, as I was saying last week, I would not be disappointed at all if his name came into the German national team discussion. Uh, but they had held Leipzig to, I think it was oh, 0.57 XG at the point of that uh, Iago red card. Um, no matter what, you have to keep doing your job. And Enrico Mason went for a 5-2-2. Uh, uh, two, two. That was his uh, protective setup after the red card. And unfortunately, I just don't think, I mean, there was too much focus on long balls and uh, there were the defensive lapses. Uh, something like this uh, would not have happened perhaps against uh, a team other than Leipzig. We have to recall that Nkunku uh, set piece goal uh, as we were entering in, into injury time. Only a few technical players and that talent can pull something like that off. Uh, you know, generally, I was writing a piece on uh, Stefan Wojta's uh, post-match interview after the game. He didn't seem so terribly upset. Uh, Augsburg are exceeding expectations this season. They've exceeded all of our expectations. We had so, you know, very little expectations of Enviko Masson, this, uh, this rookie trainer. And what he's done is he's built a good tactical system. Um, the four-four-two in its present form now uh, with Ruben Vaga sending a lot of services into the box, uh, Florian Niederlechner, Mjakin Berisha, and Demirovic all crashing at the same time. Demirovic from the left wing uh, creates a lot of offensive opportunities. And this team that has had a four-game unbeaten streak surprised us. They, they hung tough, with, uh, they hung tight with obscenely, absurdly expensive uh, uh, squad in, in Leipzig. Kubek, backup keeper, not looking too good on two of those goals. Uh, you have some some hard luck in in that respect, but uh, overall it was it was a pretty good performance from them. I mean, you you were impressed as well. You've of course been to Alex Board. We have been, yeah.
0: you've done a match day uh, for <laughs> yeah. them. Um, yeah, but, definitely. I've been I've been so impressed with them this season. Really, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think when me and Rory did our pre match um, predictions, like I actually said, they'd finish about 13th or 14th, and I think pretty much everyone thought I was crazy. People were like, "How can this team stay up?" You know, because most people said it's a rookie manager. They've lost Gr- Grigorovic, obviously to Freiburg, who's the I think he got 13, 14 league goals last season. Dimitrovich hadn't really done very much for Freiburg. Let's be honest. like in the last two seasons i think he got five goals combined in two seasons but he's been a revelation i just think that the way that they play i mean they're probably the most physical team in the bundesliga for me they're absolute uh they're really really going hard you know even in this game seven yellow cards in the game (laughs) and i think in the match when i saw them against wolfsburg it wasn't far off that as well to be honest yeah well you saw the main league right you saw where they got seven yellow cards dished out and what four minutes towards the end of the first time that is true true, but they do get involved with a lot of those melees it seems like a a weekly occurrence of the wwk arena to be honest nowadays these melees but i actually like it in a way you know i think enrico mars and he's they do have quality in the side don't get me wrong as you've already mentioned Berisha has been probably their player of the season this year he looks a real quality player to be honest and in a way I'm surprised they managed to get him because I looked at his stats from before then he didn't do that well at Fenerbahce but at Salzburg he was like a real top player you know and he was tipped for big things and I think they've done really well to get him if they can get him on a permanent transfer they're going to be laughing really. But, I mean, I think there will be bigger Bundesliga clubs that will come in for him in the summer, to be honest, Uh, based on his performances so far. But it's not only the goals, it's just the all-round play. You know, he's got skill, he puts himself about, you know, he's passionate, and I just think he's a real quality player that you need in in the Bundesliga, really. And I think, you you know, he's a very. I I totally agree with you that if he gets called up for Germany, I don't think that would be a bad move, to be honest with you. We love ourselves a good Kosovar. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But I... But I totally agree with you. I, I just think uh, the fact the Iago red card is just crazy for from the the Brazilian, to be honest. I just think, as I mentioned before, part of Augsburg game is to be a physical side. They like to get stuck in, so to speak. But I mean, this is just too much. You know, like you can't be doing that when you're 3-0 up against a side that you know are not out of the game at 3-0 down. Even with 11 men, they weren't out of the game. But I mean, you.
1: You can't do that period, but I mean, let it yeah. be known and let it be emphasized that, I mean, the way that Schlager went to
0: ground rather easily. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Somewhat distasteful as yeah. well. It's not something. It is. Yeah, but it is. But I guess like it happens all over in football yeah. these days, doesn't it? But yeah, it's. Uh, I just think it was it was crazy. And I was following the game from afar. And as soon as I saw that red card, I was thinking to myself, should I stick a tenner on a three-all draw here? And I didn't <laughs> do it. I didn't do it in the end. But I was really thinking, you know, this is possible because I I just know, yeah, I just know what Leipzig are like. If you give them that impetus. And when I saw it go to 3 1 through Andre Silva, I was like, yeah, they're going to get a point at least out of this game. And as you mentioned, the goalkeeper didn't cover himself in much glory. And it is a pity because I think Giekowicz was absolutely brilliant before he got that knock because he really was uh, solid against the likes of Werder Bremen and Bayern Munich. He was making five, six, seven good saves a game against both of them. And they need him back as soon as possible if they want to start winning games again. But as you mentioned, performance-wise, I just think they've been brilliant this season. I was good.
1: Well, they have indeed. This is a team that, every, that makes people's relegation candidates every year. And we've been doing that for over a decade now. So they continue yeah. to be surprised. They continue to uh, exceed expectations. And they may have a trainer that Stefan Reuter is not interested in firing towards the end of the season now. We'll see. Though. <laughs> That's true. I really hope not.
0: I was thinking that because they do it every year. And even when they have a decent coach like so I actually thought he was reasonably good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's at Nuremberg now as well. So That's I right. You saw
1: him know. this weekend. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've seen him the last uh, two out of the last three weekends. But, yeah, he, he looks good. I, I did like him at Augsburg as well. But I just think um, it was a poor decision to fire him. But it looks like it's paying off at the moment with Enrico Massen. He, he looks a good coach to me.
1: Well, I mean, the fact that he finished the season was a, was a surprise to me. Because, I mean, you know, he's had, whether it was Baum or, or Herrlich yeah. or Martin Schmidt, the, yeah, <laughs> uh, the mind sporting director. It always seemed the case that Augsburg, they were threatened by relegation towards the end of the season. have pulled the trigger on a sacking. In the case of Weinzeel, I think it was more Weinzeel who who wanted to be. Here. Yeah, it was uh, because he didn't he didn't feel as if like the front office was gonna get him the players necessary. Well, look at this. They've done a yeah,
0: very nice true. job. <laughs> And they've probably got the best side that I can remember they've had as well, especially with the Berisha and Demirovic combination. They look real quality players in this system, as you say, and looking forward to seeing what they can do. I definitely don't think they'll get dragged into the relegation fight this season. And I just think, you know, maybe a top half finish isn't completely out of the question either. If they can start keeping a few more clean sheets, I would say. Nikovic coming back
1: will be huge. And he's also quite stuck into that Augsburg mentality. Recall, he was uh, uh, not...
0: The accepting the playman fans uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> yeah he's a hard guy Geekovic. geek of it yeah he really i think he did the same against schalke as well he was really giving it to the fans as well at the end of the game i, I like that attitude though as long as it's all like you know fair play i think a bit of passion is great To do you feel like
1: the people on the pitch in your family then yeah. you're in the right place yeah
0: because yeah. they are exactly. yeah. agreed agreed yeah Okay, a couple of comments in about Augsburg as well from Ben Morris. How gutted must Augsburg be with the way they're getting in for them? Uh, real shame. Can't imagine Iago is popular at the moment Yeah, I don't think he is, to be honest. I- I'd find him two weeks wages, personally. But maybe I'm just a bit tough.
1: <laughs> well, uh, uh, Nido Lechner, in his post-match interview, um, he sounded off on, on Iago. Yeah. Um, but then he quickly tacked back and said, I forgive him the emotions of the moment, yeah. you know, you understand, and, and things like that. So yeah. the thing is, is that you can call out, you know, speaking of your, your players on the pitch being a family, if that's still possible in this day and age of, of high salaries and uh, agents and Instagram and everything like that. Um, I thought Nita Lechner was, he did the absolute right thing and said, yeah. you know, he expressed his frustration, but then he pulled back and said, yeah. But I understand he's my teammate and and things like that happen yeah and and they and augsburg need not be so disappointed with, with where they are at this point in this yeah. they're 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 doing uh, well they're, they're doing yeah. fine. and uh you know if they if they can beat the drop uh great then uh we got those really cool did you um you have friends in augsburg did you see the t-shirts that they had uh at the at the end of last year you know level 11 completed
0: yeah uh, yeah yeah that was great yeah <laughs> They've got a good atmosphere down there as well. Like you don't really feel it on the TV, but when you see it live, I mean, yeah. I mean, actually, Dave, the guy I went to the game as well with, yeah, saying good to see the, the game back. Yeah, I can't believe our beloved Augsburg threw that game away. And I wouldn't quite call them beloved Augsburg, but yeah, I definitely have a soft spot for them after going to the WWK arena. And as you say, they've got a real good standing crowd behind the ten, twelve thousand 12,000 ultras behind the stand. It's a great atmosphere there. I
1: was pleasantly surprised when I went there as well. I remember thinking... Yeah. myself. Okay. Bavarian, Swabia, banking. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> folks festival. What's going on here? But they were they were really a passionate crowd. Uh and the ultras yeah. were great and they, they kept up the atmosphere throughout the entire yeah. Day. I I had a chance to meet them, yeah.
0: Definitely. And yeah, I think talking about small teams that are doing well as well, the next game I want to go on to is the the Mainz versus Cologne game. I mean, the Cologne fans probably won't thank me for going on too much about this game. But I mean, Mainz are another small team that are doing even better than Augsburg. I know some people would say maybe, you know, they've got a bit more experience uh, at the higher level, but I don't know really. I would would personally say Mainz and uh, Augsburg are a similar kind of level size clubs. But, yeah, what a performance this was. I mean, they beat Cologne 5-0 in the game. And it, to be honest, they had two goals disallowed as well on Friday night. Mm-hmm. It could have been a lot more as well. But, I mean, Cologne might feel as though a few decisions went against them at times, you know, obviously, especially with the the second yellow for Luca Killian after just 28 minutes. They were already 1-0 down. Uh, via a goal from the on-form Marcus in as well. And then by halftime, Dominic Kor and Anton Stach, two brilliant players, by the way, too, especially Stach. I've been so impressed with him. Obviously, as a German, Peter. Can you see him getting into the German side this year? Uh,
1: I hope so. He was part of the Germany U21 side that won the 2021 European Championship with uh, Stefan Quinst. And actually, Bo Svensson, um, who we can talk about as well, uh, just a, an excellent uh, coach yeah. and, and uh, excellent tactician. Uh, recommended Stach uh, for the national side. He has been capped three times uh, under under Fleck. Um, yes, of course, um, Stach has had a, a wonderful season. Last week, he played an excellent game in Dominic kors uh, position because Kaur was back in the back three, filling in for uh, um, Alexander Haak. And uh, he came back up to the more offensive position that uh, Svensson had in mind for him. Svensson's back in his 3-3-2-2 three, three, two, two that he really likes to run. And wow, I mean, we have another match. We're talking about another match here where a player got sent off. Yeah. Right? But, you know, and, and we'll talk about another one too later with uh, Freiburg and Freeman. But in this case, I think Mainz earned the victory before the sending off. I mean, Killian was clearly beaten uh, by Onesiwo. Kareem Onesiwo, can we talk about him? This, yeah, what re- a where has this renaissance come from? superb in this match. Uh, absolutely, he's just been incredible. And so, I mean, they were, Mainz came to this match shot out of a cannon in front of their hometown fans, who were also great. Also a, a yeah. great town to, to visit, uh, you know, and um, <clears throat> they, uh, Jason Lee hit the post, I think, in the second.
0: Yeah, he did. And barely, the match had barely started. Right the now? match had barely started. They,
1: they, were playing, they were playing well. I would say that prior to the first goal, they were going tit for tat. Uh, but when that first goal happened, I mean, Onesiwo was incredible. Killian deserved uh, that yellow. Onesiwo beat him again. He gave Killian his second yellow. So, I mean, yes, they got the man advantage and they scored the remaining four goals uh, uh, thanks to that numerical advantage. But they absolutely deserved that numerical advantage because they had simply outplayed their opponents uh, in those opening minutes. And, um you know, I've I've ta- I've been writing a lot about it about how uh, minds are heating up. Uh, they don't have the most favorable schedule before we get to the World Cup break, so they may split the difference, maybe two wins, two losses, a draw here and there. Mm-hmm. But um, at the beginning of the season, having had, having seen, having followed Bo Svensson since he took this team, since he got them, I mean, these guys were below Schalke.
0: <laughs> At the yeah, minute, they were. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, of the of the 2019-20 campaign, yeah. he he orchestrated the most amazing escape in Bundesliga history. Yeah. Uh, and just like Wes Fisher, he has a basic tactical system that he likes to run. He doesn't like to deviate from it. Um, and Mainz are excelling now. Even though, you know, they did it again this week without Silvan Widmer, the captain. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeCosta played an excellent game. I thought. So great to see him uh, back, at, you know, uh, after after the front four days. Um, and Marcus Ingvadsen and Kareem Onisiwo, what do you think? Do you think you think we're going to see Johnny Siwo again when, when Johnny Burkhardt uh, uh, gets back from, uh, you know, when he gets fit again? Do you think, you think uh, Spencer will go with that or is he going to stick with, with Ingvadsen?
0: No, I think I think Invatsen will continue. I mean, he, obviously, uh, Burkhardt came on in the game as well, and he did actually put the ball in the back of the net, but it was just offside. I thought that was a really—I was watching the game, and I thought it was a really nice moment that he was going to get his first goal of the season after injury, but it was just offside, wasn't it? And he did look good as well, actually, when he um, came on. But I just think Invatsen is just—he's had a renaissance this season, and especially the last two or three games, and he looks—he gives him a bit more of a physical presence as well. I mean, Oni Siwo, for me is a, just a really good strike you know he's an all-around striker he's got the finish he's got the power he's got the pace but i think in varts and he gives him that focal point up front you know and i just think i do like johnny burka but to be honest he wasn't having the best season before he got the injury as well and i just think uh he's got to stick with the form players at the moment obviously they, they go away to bayern munich next week and i think you know, the two big guys up top would probably help them to rough up the Bayern defence a little bit more than perhaps what Johnny Burkhardt would. But I hope in the long term Burkhardt does kind of, you know, re- reclaim his starting spot because I think he's a great hope for the future. But I just think that Ingvar has got to start next week against Bayern for me.
1: I think you're, I think you're correct. I mean, uh, well, in, in, against Bayern in any case. And, and Jonathan Burkhardt is, is also a fan favourite. I mean, he's the Germany U21 captain. Yeah, he exactly. probably mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of prospects of moving up to the senior side in the way that Stach does. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Stach should definitely go to the World Cup. So, yes, there's a lot of sympathy for a, a player like Brokaw. The thing is, is that Onesiwo's renaissance, I don't, I, I, I wish I had the statistics in front of me, but Onesiwo's been playing for Mainz for quite some time, and he is the quiet striker. You know, he's the yeah. one who doesn't get his name on the score sheet very often. Uh, he's back holding the ball up, doing the hard work. Uh, sometimes serving as a service striker or a short striker, to see him really come into his own this season, and and score the way that he has, bought some two four 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 games in a row. This yeah. One. So yeah, I mean he's he's going to have to uh, let it lie the way it is, and hopefully there'll be a, a way back for uh, for Johnny. We'll see.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that about the number nine on his c He's actually only got 17 league goals in 122 games for so mine, which is like about one goal every, what, six games roughly, which is obviously not even less, a little bit less. But this season alone, I think he's on three or four now. So yes. he's really good going for him. As you see, he's never been a bad player, but he's never been a goal-scoring forward. He's a bit like kind of old-school Emil Heskey in England, really. You know, he, he lays the ball on for a better, a more technical, a better finishing striker but I mean this season he as you say he was brilliant in this match and I just think there was so many good performances there from Mainz and as you say they're sixth at the moment minds and they're going from strength to strength and you know they're only two points away from the top four and you know if they can get a result of Bayern who knows what they can do you know obviously it's going to be a hard game but for me they are the kind of side that can maybe rough Bayern up I mean, we've seen them. They've beaten Bayern at home the last two seasons in a row. So we've got to see if they can do it away from home as well this time. Absolutely. Well,
1: their away form this year has been quite good. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, last, last year, their home form was uh, quite good, which is which is no surprise. I mean, with the with the minds auditors there, uh, yeah. at NBA, I mean, you know, with them at their
0: back, they can they can do amazing things yeah definitely yeah okay a few comments coming in as well yeah mark apologies for my friendly requests on where to go for the vlogs but could you perhaps do perusia dorman v victoria Cone? I, I presume you must mean the um under tw- the second team at Borussia Dortmund. because I don't think, what uh, do you mean, FC come? I don't know. You'll have to clarify that one, Balon. but I'll see what I can do for you, but I'm not sure whether I'll be able to get all the way over to Dortmund from obviously Nuremberg. It's a, a fair trek over there. I think Petro back up back my statement there. But yeah, um, VFL-Bolkamp win at the weekend was surprising. Yeah, we're going to cover that game next, actually, um, Balon. Yeah, a few other nice comments too. Yeah, uh, Steve Timms. Next day, I woke up and went to the club shop to um, got a ticket be Wolfsburg. I think Love the Drove home to the UK. Yeah, it's a great story. You can't beat German football. It's not that expensive as well, especially if you go in the standing areas. You know, you can get a ticket from anywhere between ten to twenty euros, really, which is Excellent. really good deal. Good well, atmosphere. You know,
1: you're doing great work with the blog. And uh, my my when it comes to attending German football, always, 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 if you can, make it to the stadium really make it uh, a couple hours early and uh, meet some of the locals, meet, uh, see what some of the ultra groups are doing. You know, they're doing uh, community projects, charity stuff, uh, particularly with the uh, Ukraine conflict, pretty much every Bundesliga ultra group and in the lower divisions as well, we're organizing food drives, uh, clothing drives and things like that. Yeah. So these are uh, politically active and, and locally and community oriented organizations, these fan groups. Of course we have hooligans and yeah. that, that can't be avoided, but, uh there it's quite the experience so anybody who goes to a bundesliga match go to the stadium early and and meet the the locals
0: outside and they i I agree with you they're super friendly as well like obviously even if you go you know they're they're always welcoming to people that go to the stadiums and they're actually really impressed that you've gone out of your way to go and watch a game at their stadium as well and really they watching. want to tell you about the club and the history and it, as you mentioned about the ultras even in the stadium it's fascinating just to watch the ultras in the stadium to be honest because it's like i think dave would clarify when me and dave went to the outdoor game we would spent a lot of the time just watching the ultras as well because it's fa- fascinating really because obviously in england we don't have this culture of ultras you know it's a different kind of chanting that you see in england you know but no, with the oh, yeah
1: Sing along with them too.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No. It <laughs> yeah Just, agreed. Oh, totally. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Especially the FC Nuremberg Ultras. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we play you guys next week as well. We play Kaiserslautern next. So, yeah, yeah we're, gonna... we're,
1: we're doing well. There was a terence Boyd race this weekend, and I'm, yeah. I'm feeling good. So,
0: we'll see. He's, doing well. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah. we'll talk about that
1: next Monday. We'll...
0: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. another question in for you Peter as well. Adding to Ben's question as a German football fan, who does Peter think will one day be the next Bundesliga winner that isn't Bayern? Yeah, you know, obviously that's the question on everyone's lips. Uh Peter, who's yeah. going to win it other than Bayern, you think? Oh lord.
1: Uh well, we're going to get to Union in a moment and why it's probably not really possible for them to uh, to be <coughs> Meister this season. <sighs> It, unfortunately, it does come down to uh, money. and Dortmund are the second richest club. Eventually they'll probably overtake. That isn't to suggest that. I mean, the way the Bundesliga was when I was growing up, Bayern was also always the richest club. But it was typically a showdown between Bayern and a team for just for, for whom everything was clicking, you know, for, for whom everything was going right. That's how it was for Kaiserslautern in uh, 1997. Uh, that's how it was in more recent times for uh, uh, Bremen, Stuttgart, uh, um, and Wolfsburg as well. I'd like to get back to those days because the idea of uh, Bayern Meister and Dortmund VfB Meister is is just as as boring as as you know Bayern winning ten consecutive titles. Yeah. So. Um, what team is that going to be this year that could uh, contend last week i talked a little bit about union and, and how they can be a top four side i was a little more lukewarm on freiburg i will be more warm on them this week um yeah so those are probably Dortmund, freiburg are the only contenders that i can see from uh, and and okay leipzig as well they have some catch-up work to do but they they'll, they'll catch up yeah. or catch up just like they did last season um so those would be the three that i would say could possibly contend this year at this point in the season i reserve the right to change my mind and uh <laughs> it would be unexpected is is what is what we crave in sports anyway yeah well so, it's definitely
0: not going to be labor cues in this season anyway but yeah it's uh, a <laughs> you know, thing i mean they they could they
1: they can catch up as well uh, they can yeah. catch up as well. If, if we were talking about this last week,
0: when Florian yeah. Wirtz uh, gets back,
1: yeah. yeah, it's a different team. So,
0: but I've got to be honest. There's one side that you've not that nobody's mentioned yet. That for me, a bit could potentially be dark horses, and that's Eintracht Frankfurt. I think uh, for them, they proved that they can win silverware by winning the Europa League in brilliant style last year. And also, if you look at their performances, obviously they started really poorly in the first three games with only one point from three. But, I mean, since then, they've won pretty much every game, apart from that crazy game against Bochum, really, yeah. you know. But, well, OK. Do you want to – shall we talk about Eintracht? Yeah. You... yeah, I think we should. Yeah, let's move on to Eintracht. Then we'll go on to Bochum, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what what a game. It was a Saturday evening game in Borussia Mönchengladbach away from home. You know, this was a big test, really, for Frankfurt, obviously, coming into the game on the back of that 5-1 win over Leverkusen last week. And they actually won 3-1 away from home in uh, Gladbach. And they had the game pretty much so up by half time, they were 3 0 ahead after a double from Lindstrom, who's been one of the players of the season, and uh, Abimbe as well. What did you make of them? Uh, I mean, what a performance this was to be 3 0 up away from Homer Gladbach at half time, Peter.
1: Um, yes, we have uh, some more rehashing here, I and mean, we have to praise that attacking triumvirate of Randol Colomani, Mario Götze, who is in fine form, particularly when it comes to spatial interpretation and string pulling. Uh, Jesper Lindström, so there's you have this incredible attacking trident. You have some excellent tactical moves by Oliver Glasner who moved Daiichi Kamada back to the sixth to pair with Cell. G- uh, you have this new uh, back five, uh, which features Ibinde as the right wing back and Christopher Lenz as the left wing back. Uh, this, is, this was made to compensate for Makoto Hosebe's injuries. So, um, Yes, Glasner is an excellent trainer. He is an excellent coach. He was uh, at Wolfsburg. He got off to a slow start last season, but eventually found the tactics that he needed. And he did so again this season after losing Philip uh, Kostic, which is no small feat at all. Yeah, definitely. So he's he's done an excellent job of putting that together. That being said, Gladbach, they are a soft opponent at this point. I think they, they really miss Ko Itakura. And the back four hasn't been the same uh, uh, since uh, the Japanese international has gone out injured. That back four was a bit of a mess, uh, you know. And and as talented as, as Lindstrom and and, uh, and and Götze are, the falls made it pretty easy for them. And when it comes to Frankfurt, um, I love going to Frankfurt and watching matches and and dealing with the ultras there. The ultras of course call their club uh the launische uh, diva the, the moody diva because they've you know we're always going up into fighting relegation yeah. and things like this and then, was of course that infamous time they blew the title on the final day <laughs>
0: but, <Yeah. laughs> a typical frankfurt at that time
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, we'll see it's it's a good team they've got a great trainer They've got a heavy, heavy workload this year, um, as well, and, and quite the burden on their shoulders as the historic uh, uh, fifth uh, Champions League representative. I like your pick, though. I really like the fact that you brought them up. I like the fact that uh, you gave them the respect that they deserve, because it, I, I it just, I guess, with, with all of these years of you know sort of mercurial results, it, it, it went out in my brain. So. Thank you very much for bringing that yeah. up. <laughs> uh, yeah, our, proud, our German Advas from the, from the Heinlein uh, Metropolis. They're a great team to watch. They've got some real talent, great coach, and they're doing us proud as uh, the first people to win there. Look, they're Germany's team. Okay, not since the Schalke Eurofighter squad had a German team. <laughs> the Europa League. So a lot of sympathy for Frankfurt and the Bundesrepublik. A lot of neutrals backing them. And that would be fantastic. If they could win, if they could capture the title this season, yeah. uh, we could see um, <laughs> the president, uh, once again, just like he was at the pokal victory, proclaiming that you know, right there on the on the home of grandma band, <laughs> yeah. saying, This is better than the best sex ever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, So, I mean, yes, it's we would love that, Germans would yeah. absolutely love that,
0: if, if they yeah. Did. <laughs> I think the kind of side you just can't help but like, really, on Frankfurt, you know, and even Glasner's got that character about him, you know, and I, th- I just think they captured the nation and also Europe's imagination with that uh, Pokal, Europa Pokal run last year, you know, obviously beating Rangers. I personally was glad they beat Rangers in the final, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure what some of our watchers are thinking, but yeah, I think beating Barcelona, West Ham as well, I mean, what an effort that was.
1: We talk a lot about, the, we've been talking about the Bundesliga fan scene. We're so very proud of our uh, Eintracht Ultras for dressing all in white and going on a crusade to the Camp Nou, yeah. <laughs> invading the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Making it so that, uh, you know, but that's, those are our Ultras. Those are our Ultras. They went to, to Barcelona and they said, you know what? You may not care about this match because your team's in the Europa League, but this is the match of my life. Please sell me your ticket. And uh, the Camp Nou was the and Thank yeah. you very much SKA Ultras.
0: <laughs> yeah. Incredible. What was it 35,000 Frankfurt fans in the New Camp. I don't think there's ever been more away fans in a stadium in history before. Well, it's just incredible. Barca fans are no the coolers are no longer allowed to sell their tickets. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changed the culture completely. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So, but obviously for Barca, I mean, it, for them, it was like uh, obviously they want to be in the Champions League. But for Frankfurt, this was massive. And then also they took a massive crowd to London as well for the semi-final against West Ham, which they also won. You know, it was incredible. I mean, West Ham are a good team last season as well, and everyone thought they would. Tur- everyone in England thought they'd turn Frankfurt over relatively comfortably. But once again, Frankfurt shocked everyone really with that. But, um, but yeah, m- moving on to another team that obviously are going for the title as well this year. Well, I say going for the title. I think they'd just be happy to be even close to the title race in reality. But that is FC Union Berlin. Obviously, suffering a massive setback really this weekend, didn't they? I mean, the first major setback of the season. Obviously, it is the second defeat coupled with that defeat, of, I think, about a month ago against Eintracht Frankfurt, actually, as well, away from home. But yeah, I mean, this was a game obviously against Bochum who only had four points from the 10 games before this match. Well, they're now on seven points from 11 games because they won 2-1 in the game. Obviously going 2-0 ahead too by a, a Philip Hoffman strike just before half-time. Then the bochum messi Gerrit Holtman with the second <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> I think I heard it on a, a... good <laughs> man.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a player, Gerrit Holtman. He's a man for the... The, the kind of hardcore followers, isn't he, really? But yeah, he made it 2-0 before a very, very late Milos Pantovic uh, consolation, but it was I too little, too late for Unión. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they signed him on a free from Bochum, but it was too little, too late for the away side. But what did you make of this game tactically, Peter? Do you think it was a very good job done by Bochum, or was it just a poor performance by the home the away side?
1: It was an excellent job uh, by Bochum. Uh, they fought, uh, Stöger and Losilla fought really, really hard for those midfield balls. This, this match, it wasn't the greatest in terms of entertainment value, we'll, we'll be honest. I mean, it was, it was kind of a, you know, it was a little floppy and a little choppy at times. But if you focused on the midfield goals and you focused on how hard uh, Bochum's captain Anthony Losilla and also Stöger who arrived uh, back at Bochum this, this offseason from Mainz worked, in breaking up Unión play, uh, they absolutely deserve this victory. You can beat Unión at their own game. It's not the hardest tactic. You just have to really, you have to break up their play and you have to make sure that the midfield axis, the third axis, can't connect with Geraldo Becker because Jordan is just a target striker. I mean, he holds the ball up well and he drops deep uh, on occasion. But Becker is the one who moves all around and, and makes things happen there. So Jordan had... I don't know how many touches I mean, I have been scouting it, obviously. I've got to scout it for the column tomorrow, but I'm, and I'm halfway through the match counting his touches. Yeah, but six touches in the first half. They took them completely out of the game. Yeah. And um, you know, it was a really it was a spirited performance by Bochum in front of their hometown fans, uh, there on the Costa. And uh, okay, one thing I should mention, audits that foul that he got a yellow for. Oh, yeah, that
0: was dirty. Yeah. He could have been
1: really? sent off for that. Okay? <laughs> yeah. so we could be talking, if things had gone just a little bit differently, if we had, had a different interpretation, we could be talking about another uh, game in which a player was sent off early yeah. and shorthanded. So there was a little bit of luck there, uh, there was. But Union, uh, if you disrupt their build-up, play, let's also point out that they're not a build-up play team so much. They are a team that absorbs pressure and plays for the counter, and they have the speed to do so. So, if you get in their head and if you get in in their way uh, with what little build-up play that they do execute, uh, then they're sitting back. They don't want the ball. They're 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 not confident that they can get the ball, uh, particularly in those midfield duels. And and you can beat them. So that's that's your basic blueprint for beating Unión. And. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still think that they're a top four side. I still think that um, on any given day, with the with the right start, they can impose their brand of football. But a championship season, I mean, it's come on. Yeah. Let's let's be realistic. I mean, yeah. It's,
0: it's, yeah. I, th- I think to go and win away from home, it's a lot harder. And I think in front of the home fans, you know, I mean, it, it's a real, like the Stadion in the Alta Forest Rye is a really, really hard place to go, you know. But I just think away from home, can they get enough, like, wins and points? And the la- just recently, you know, I think early on in the season, they were doing that. But I think they've lost two of the last three away games now. So, mm. and this obviously is a massive blow, really. Obviously, if you look at Bayern Munich, they won 7-0 away in Bayern. And now Union have been turned over there, you know. So, well, Bochum also beat uh, Bayern last season. Uh, they did, true, yes, yeah. <laughs> under Thomas, obviously under Rice. And then since they fired him this season, they've actually looked a little bit better, haven't they? Can they stay up, Peter? Do you think? Can they stay in the, the top league? Or, uh,
1: you know, I wasn't a fan of the Rice uh, firing, I thought that, um. You know it was it was all done because of media pressure and this that and the other of course bochum have a, a new sporting director in Fabian because uh my good god it is even for a german that's a tough <laughs> <now>. uh <clears throat> yeah and uh, left so i wasn't a big fan of the sacking as the germans sometimes say a new groom sweeps well uh under Lech, they've been able to press the reset button you know, it was my opinion in the preseason. I liked uh, uh, Bochum's preparation campaign. Um, I liked some of the targeted moves that they made in, in bringing in journeymen. Particularly, well, two players who had a great match in this, Kevin Stöger and Philipp Förster yeah, uh, yeah. from Mainz and from Stuttgart. I thought, uh, and I wrote about this too, I, I, I think that, that Bochum, they didn't just beat Union at their own game uh, on this day. They beat Union with the right targeted journeyman that they got uh, for their second season in the top flight. Whether they can stay up is a matter of the, the field is so strong, okay? You know, you don't have uh, a Fiat this year, you don't have a Bielefeld. You have probably, in my opinion, you have a pretty consistent Dormat and and, and Scharke now. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're not far you gonna, from wrong, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, what are you gonna wipe your feet on? That's that's. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah, let, let's quickly move on to them as well, because obviously we've still got a few more games. To go. We'll we'll do the the other games a little bit faster. Yeah, but yeah, I think I, this was my big tip for the weekend. Really, I really fancied Hertha Berlin to turn that doormat Schalke over, and they did. So they didn't make it easy, as they never really do Hertha BSC. <laughs> let's be honest, you know. I mean, I thought they'd win 2 or 3-0 in truth, but they only won 2-1. And, you know, they were 1-0 ahead through Lucas Toussaint, who's been one of their best players, if not their best player this season. And then, you know, after dominating most of the game, they were pulled back after 85 minutes through Florent Mollet, uh, equaliser. But it was that man, I think you mentioned him last week, didn't you? Uh, Kanga, he got the winner just a few minutes later, to the delight of the Olympia Stadium crowd. What do you make of this one, Peter?
1: Well, thank goodness he's finally got his gold. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it took him long enough, but he's off the mark now. He's broken his dog. Um, It was a 4-4-2 from Schwarz that had plenty of issues. I didn't think that Suat Serda looked very good as Toussaint's partner. Toussaint was amazing. Uh, Plattenhardt uh, also didn't have a particularly good game. Uh, that's, of course, the one that, that Schwarz chose to wear the captain's armband. I think he should have chosen Toussaint, but I guess... He, he gave the armband uh, uh, to Plattenhof because it was his set-piece prowess that kept Hertha from getting relegated last season. So a little something like that. Uh, Ijuke, not a good game from him. He was pulled yeah, yeah. in half for, for Marco Richter. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, we <clears throat> do, do, should we mention Alexander <laughs> Oh, <okay. laughs> making that, that howler against his, his parent club. Yeah, so the less said it, the better, really. Yeah, precisely. Um, yeah, uh, I I still I still believe that that hats on the upward trend. Something I, I didn't mention last week was the February promise. That's when we we uh, we Germans uh, phone up our friends in Berlin and tell them in February that it's going to be okay. You're not relegated yet. So it's not February yet. It's October. I can't make any promises uh, yet. But I think this is a side on the uptick. Uh, Kanga's scoring is huge. Jovatic, if he can stay healthy, played really well uh, as a service striker. I thought he did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not the greatest Dodi-Lokubakyo fan, but I think he played well. It's, I, I think he did yeah. well. And and so did uh, everybody's favorite uh, Englishman, John Kenny. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. They're, you know, are just terrible. Yeah, awful. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really didn't think they were going to be so bad. I thought they'd improved this year, you know, but they've just been... After after a decent start of the first three, four games, they've just been abject, really, since then. And they, to be honest, this wasn't Hertha's best performance of the season for me. For me, they played better than this and drawn or lost, to be honest. And I just think... You know, they'll probably feel as though they've got away with one after, you know, after Schalke equalizing so late. But they just look like they've got no plan at all, Schalke. And, you know, they need to get a real quality manager in and fast, to be honest. Otherwise, uh, they've got big problems.
1: Uh, They, you know, Wyvern Schwerder, who used to be the, he was the one who was sacked at Mainz, uh, the year of Mainz's uh, great escape. Uh, What he did, you know, what was so interesting in the beginning or in the preseason was that, okay, you had two teams that were relegated in 2020 campaign, uh, Schalke and Bremen, that immediately got back promoted. But the strategies were completely different. Frank uh, Baumann and Bremen, he kept most of the core of the team in place, uh, got some targeted acquisitions. He was actually made fun of for, for not getting acquisitions fast enough. Uh, he ditched his co- his uh, coach when the time came, brought in Ori Verna, who was absolutely the right appointment. Um, but what Ruben Schroeder did with Schalke is, is he just he cast everyone out. I mean if they everyone pretty much everyone who was in the top flight that that year was loaned out and he built an entirely new team. And then what did what does Schroeder do when he goes to the top flight here? He does it again. <laughs> he says okay, I'm going to bring in another new team. Yeah. So how this is not the team that won the Zweite Bundesliga last year. It's not. Yeah. There are, you know, so many new faces and so many new components, and I'm again disappointed. I mean, Tom Kraus and Alex Karl, these are supposed to be, you know, good acquisitions. They they, they can't seem to figure out a midfield role or partnership for them. Um, granted, he's had horrible luck with injuries in central defense, uh, uh, Schroeder and the and the, the Schalke front office have had. But, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, the new talent that they brought in. They don't know what their roles are, and they're not clicking. I thought Mar- Marius Bruta played a good game, uh, and you know even on that disallowed goal. Uh, other than that, you know there just wasn't anything positive to take from Chucky's performance at all.
0: Yeah. You know, as far as i I mean, even initially, the, the appointment of Frank Kramer at the start of the season wasn't really inspiring at all after his period at Bielefeld. You know, I mean, I think they lost like the last eight games under him, I think, before he was obviously fired just before the end of the season. I just oh, think uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw that he'd been brought in. I had to double check my screen. Like, really? They really went for him? Yeah. I, like, I couldn't believe it, really.
1: But his tactics are about as, for me, and I followed a lot of Bielefeld last season. Uh, they're. As frustrating as that that flavor saver, he always that that dirt on his chin that I'll never shave off, <laughs> <laughs> mustache for his. his yeah, yeah. Mustache. He's just that kind of guy, yeah. So uh, French, French. I know. God, that annoys me, and so does his.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think probably annoys the uh, the teams fans that he's managed as well. As well. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect to Frank. <laughs> 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 let's be honest yeah. but yeah let's hope that I actually hope that Schalke do manage to stay up because they're a club that the Bundesliga needs I, th- I do think it's been good to see them back you know full stadium every week 40,000, 50,000 on every single week but I mean it's just not good enough what they've been doing on the pitch like the last two months has it and if they continue in this form they're going to finish rock bottom as you say you,
1: well they're I don't think they have four fixtures I, I don't see them getting a single point out of the four fixtures uh, that we have left, and that's going to leave them worse in worse form than they were during that horrible relegation campaign, the the yeah. year of the Wagner, uh, uh, Manuel Baum, Christian Wolf monstrosity <laughs> that was just yeah. one of the worst yeah. football teams ever. I don't yeah. think they get a they get a point before the World Cup break, and yeah. you need a thesis. You need a thesis in football. That's what I'm looking for when I'm on the overhead tactical cam. You know. Yeah. When it doesn't fall down from the sky like it did in in uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for a thesis do
0: you have a, a plan yeah. is this shape holding not not yeah, nothing. Nothing wow. yeah but i agree if you look at the next four games that peter was talking about they got freiburg at home you can't see them getting anything out of that let's be honest and then they got bremen away from home bremen are going to target that game as like a must win so they're going to be all guns firing they've looked a lot better than Schalke. Then they've got, obviously, Mainz at home, which is going to be hard because we've already mentioned that Mainz are having a really good season. And then they've got the dreaded FC Bayern Munich visiting (laughs) the game before the World Cup as well. They're
1: not going to get
0: a point. Yeah, yeah. I think maximum one, two points maximum, but that would probably be a good return, let's be honest, in those games, Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let, let's keep going. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through the last few games a little bit quicker. So, yeah, obviously, good weekend for Dortmund, thrashing VFB Stuttgart 5-0. I think we mentioned last week that Stuttgart haven't been battered this season, but, like, lo and behold, the commentators curse. They get absolutely thrashed in this game 5-0. But I think it's that man, the, the Englishman, England's World Cup hope, Jude Bellingham, who was the man of the match, really, wasn't he?
1: Well, <laughs> we can go through this game quite quickly because it wasn't a football match. Jude Bellingham grabbed this game by the scuff of the yeah. neck, um, and with a little help from Niklas Sule, doing great at right back, where Hansi Flick first tried him out. Maybe he'll be interested in doing that in the World Cup. Uh, yeah, this this game was over before it really even began, and uh, Teres' is just, tactics just don't matter. I mean, he had Bronze, Reyna, everybody, Mukoko. Everybody was able to excel once Bellingham got them that early beat. Yeah. So, uh, yes, the Birmingham uh, uh, boy is just a damn good footballer. He'll be a legend uh, yeah. for, uh, for years to come. And he took this game over and, and just and said, you know what? It's done. So that, that's
0: all we have to take from that game yeah. And interested to get your take as well, obviously, as a German living in the States. Like, well, do you think that Bellingham should start for England at the World Cup? Do you think he's better than our other options? Or Oh, remind me who he's
1: competing with. Because, so uh,
0: yeah, so Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, right. potentially Jordan Henderson, but I think he's in a bit of trouble at the moment, apparently. Um, okay. Probably those four, mostly, I would say. Yes, the last time I I gave,
1: I mean I I watched the uh, the uh, <coughs> uh, the match between Germany and England during the most recent international break, but uh, in the Euros he wasn't in the 2021 Euros he wasn't starting, and I think I was I was with Southgate on that one. I think that Declan Rice was probably the better choice. Yeah. Now it's different. It's two years later. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Got see. To. But probably because he's just he's just an incredible phenom. Maybe they wait. I and mean, he's bad news for Dortmund fans. there's no way that they can keep him. He'll be in the premiership. Yeah uh next year
0: yeah (laughs) i think liverpool and even city are already linked and i I agree i think given the the way he played against city in the champions league too i think city fans are already probably hoping he goes their way i think we've got a few uh, paul and i was in the chat what would you think about uh bellingham joining city paul would you like to see him there or do you think he's better suited to other premier league clubs but yeah let us know what you think if you're still watching So, yeah, let's just quickly move on to the next one. So, yeah, it's uh, obviously Freiburg back on the victory trail as well. But, you know, obviously helped out massively by Marco Friedel's red card after just forty minutes in the Europa Park Stadion. But yeah, it took it took Freiburg a, a bit of time to break Verda down. Verda defended really well for 56 minutes, really in this game before finally being broken down by Lucas Kudler's goal. And then obviously that man, captain, fantastic Vincenzo Grifo, got the second goal, and he also got me 36 points in my fancy football team. So <laughs> thanks, Vincenzo. But yeah, uh, what did you make of this one? First of all, was the red card the correct decision? Do you think? I believe it was.
1: Uh, uh admitted in his post-match interview while he was um, uh, expressing some sympathy for freedom that uh, he did go to ground, uh, but he's, he's, he felt like he had to because he had a clear path to the net. Um, there's some slight controversy because almost Pipa was tracking back and he might have been able to cover in time, but I think that uh, match official Bastian Dankut uh, made the right call. And I think this was an incredible football match. I used it as my focus section in this week's column, and um, I just enjoyed this football match immensely. <laughs> We're talking about our third match uh, where a team had to play with a <laughs> player down. Yeah, Oleksandr and brain. And they really the way and, and mind you, Lee Buchanan, Ilya Kurev. Uh, you know, they had so many young and, and uh, inexperienced players plugging the gap against. Was really just a the Freiburg side. Uh, Christian slice's flyboard he finally did some rotations slice caught some flack for uh you know not rotating, uh, not making any changes six games in a row uh, over the course of three weeks during this what we call the English the english weeks yeah um but he, he made some rotations in the pokal and uh many of the players including your uh, including um, uh Keitel and uh Cedilia, who just played an incredible game this this young French uh, uh wing back they put on a real show granted they were a man up and uh as we got to the half they they, they still hadn't scored. But just the passing, the bow arcs, the triangulations outside the box between you know Grifo, Gunta, Hoefre, uh Chiara, uh, Ginza and Kubla and also Lienhardt were joining the play a, a lot as well. I mean, they could afford to man up. But um, if anybody has access to the tape, I highly recommend, you know, and, and you're looking for something to, uh, to put on the screen while you're uh, getting ready for bed this evening, just a football match that will hypnotize you, I think, with the incredible way in which uh, Freiburg worked, worked their approach play and the heroic and disciplined defending of uh, guys like Anthony Jung, Ilya Kurev, and Lee Buchanan as well, who eventually made their mistakes. They got stretched out. They got tired. You know, Kurev nearly gifted the uh, uh, a goal. But these guys were filling in because uh, Veada has a lot of injuries at this point. Christian Vos, not the former shotgun manager, but... The, <laughs> Uh, the Bundesliga veteran who serves as their bolt-lock sweeper, he was out. Leonardo Bittencourt is out. Dux was uh, a little rusty after suspension and things like this. Um, I think just two great teams, two great coaches, wonderful tactics, and uh, as I said, man, if anybody's uh, got access to the tape and is looking for a football match to uh, to relax with over the course of the week, definitely just watch how the Freiburg
0: passing goes. was. Oh, it's sublime absolutely incredible some of the football they play these days you know and as you mentioned that was with a kind of reserved uh, a kind of rotated team as well but I think a lot of people don't realize how much depth uh, Freiburg have got within the ranks as well a lot of people think it's just one of those teams you know it's just 11 players and that's it but they do have some quality to bring in as you mentioned Sil Delia who's been really good when he's come on this season you know uh, Keitel looks decent even Kiera Looks quite good as well. The signing from St. Pauli in the in the summer. i was quite right impressed with him fun. when he's played as well. Absolutely,
1: and uh, you know they're going to. Maximilian Eggestein didn't start in this one. Yeah, um, uh, Lucas <clears throat> is, is coming back from injury. You have the, the uh, Bundesliga's all-time greatest joker, aka super sub Nils uh, Peterson. I really, really liked what I saw from Freiburg, uh this weekend. Uh,
0: I reverse course from last week uh, and say Freiburg had the <laughs> chance. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like light years apart this week, one in performances between Freiburg and Union. It's the question that everyone's been asking this year like is it going to be Freiburg or Union who finishes high? But I think, yeah, I think we all said Union last year, but I think this week we're all going to be saying Freiburg, you know? So it's one of them. It kind of changes with the week, really. But yeah. for me, I think that Freiburg play more attractive football, definitely. I think more they play a nicer game to watch in Union. Union are very disciplined. And as you mentioned, they keep it very wide in the midfield. But I think for me, that Freiburg are more of a flat uh, team, you know, with the That's likes it. of Kevin Schade uh, obviously Grifo, who's the ultimate showman really in the Bundesliga. Isn't he?
1: Well, congratulations to him, by the way, for passing Luca uh, for uh, yes, yeah. fourth on the all-time list of Bundesliga Italian goal scorers. He did the ear screw celebration. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, well, we love Vincenzo Grifo is technically an Italian international, but yeah, he's from time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw as well that he was uh, in the Italian squad because I always knew him as like a German-Italian, uh, uh, Italian-German, so to speak, whichever way you look at it. But yeah, obviously, it's. I think Germany could have missed a trick there because he's the kind of player that can turn a game and his set plays are arguably the best in the, the Bundesliga, oh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. He, yeah. he
1: didn't have the greatest day on on uh, on set plays this day, but he, yeah. he he's good for at least four or five uh, direct free kicks a season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we like him, and we
0: like I like Time too. I no- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never been there yet, but maybe I should. Uh, pay yeah,
1: maybe they hopefully they'll put up the public viewing stand. For
0: the World <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, a couple more games to cover. Um, Yeah, I think the first one, obviously, the 2-0 win for Bayern Munich. I wanted to leave them towards the end just because I could, really. You know, but yeah. to be honest, I had quite big hopes for Hoffenheim in this match that they could at least take a point off Bayern. But I think they were quite comfortably beaten in the end, really. And I think the big question was, will Chupomoting start? You know, for this game, and once again he did, didn't he? And he proves, obviously, Julian Nagelsmann's trust is very, very high in him at the moment. He got another goal, another solid performance. Is this going to continue, Peter? That with Moting starting, I think or are so- they going I mean, to change? I- yeah, he, he did some
1: excellent—he was the one who held the ball up and initiated that give-and-go with Naby on his goal. He's more than just a target nine striker. He's very good. He picked a good match to lead to the end because Hoffenheim-Bayern was pretty much no contest. I mean, uh, the, the second half, Hoffenheim didn't even really look like a football team. Um, Bayern missed a lot of chances. This one could have been a lot uh, worse. Not a bad player on the pitch. Probably the only one that I had some issues with was Musiala, who ironically scored a goal and he made some questionable passing decisions. But other than that, Bayern just steamrolled over Jürgen Nagelsmann's old club where he used to wear all the goofy outfits. He wore the goofy outfits for Leipzig too.
0: He's got a bit more stylish over the years, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, definitely a big win for them. Though They're starting to pick up some momentum now. Obviously, I think it's 10 points in the last four games since the international break, but looking a little bit ominous because they've been beating some good teams as well during that time, haven't they? Obviously beating Freiburg. Hoffenheim were on really good form before this match, but they just didn't show up. I don't know what was wrong with them for this.
1: Well, I mean, it's, they, yeah, they were defeated so thoroughly.
0: And, uh, you know, Rutea had those couple of chances in the first half and that was it. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And the, the final game was only the second draw, obviously we've already mentioned Augsburg-Leipzig. We, we started with a draw and we'll finish with a draw, but it was not a bad draw at all, you know, obviously between Leverkusen and Wolfsburg. But yeah, I think for both these sides, you know, I, I guess a draw kind of typifies their seasons, doesn't it? Because both of them have really good squads on paper. Right? I'd say top six top seven squads but they're just not doing it on the pitch i think wolfsburg have been the better of the two sides overall in the season but they just can't get enough wins to kind of push them up the table they're drawing too many games and giving away leads in the second half and things but
1: yeah so since since we don't have enough time or or much time i I would say that Leverkusen probably were the better side they had some bad luck another missed penalty with lord uh from diaby um, the penalty that Arnold was able to convert was pretty soft. Chabi's um, late match tactics were really good. I don't have time to go into detail to them now, but I like what he did there. Patrick Schick was out. H- Lotzek, uh, uh, you know, did a good job. And so did all of the Leverkusen subs. Timothy flosser Mensa, uh, Dele Sink-Raven out of nowhere. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I think they, they, they did well. They should have won the game it's a tough both for defense with maximilian Arnold in that that back five he's, he's a yeah. very good uh a sweeper so um yeah just just a little bit of hard luck for labor in that one i think that they're on the
0: uptick they're not going to be in the relegation race. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I would imagine no but yeah unless he can start winning games soon it's going to be a long season for sure yeah Anyway, yeah, that rounds up our nine games. So yeah, I mean, thanks a lot again to Peter. It's always great to have you on the show. Hey man, I'm an absolute privilege. I have
1: I yeah. I'm here covering the Bundesliga in the States. Uh
0: yeah. to, to be able to spend an hour with you. This is this is amazing. Man. Yeah. I the yeah. fans where I'm at. Yeah, next time we can talk a little bit more about the Bundesliga popularity in the states as well, if you want to. Yeah, but I think obviously for now we've got a bit of a we, we've got to move on. Yeah. But yeah, if you enjoyed what you saw, then check out our Twitter at Over the Bar FB and at Over the Bar Extra. Also the um main site, which is OTBfootball.net. Remember, we're not only a Bundesliga site as well, we've also got the Football League show as well, which comes on I think Wednesdays nowadays. So they review and predict games over the last uh, week. In the football english football league as well so the championship league one and league two and then yeah also remember to like comment subscribe as well because it uh, helps us to keep uh, increasing and remember as well tomorrow the latest vlog as well uh, my vlog of the game fc nuremberg versus hanover 96 will be going live so yeah check that out at uh, eight o'clock uk time nine o'clock central european time I don't know what time, U.S. time. Do you want to tell us what time is it U.S. time, Peter? Uh,
1: It is (laughs) currently 3 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Great. (laughs) So, yeah, thanks a lot again, guys, and we'll see you again on Thursday. Bye-bye. Ciao.